is that? Will Springsteen on this show? That is the whole reason for this topic. It's just an excuse <laughs> to play Springsteen. Did we tell you about the time Hope shook Bruce Springsteen's hand? No, we won't get into that. But the video <laughs> is all over the internet from just a, just a few weeks ago. It was awesome. Uh, how does that stack up to meeting Duran Duran, which is... You know, it's close. I I got to actually talk to Duran Duran, so I mean, not that I could, I couldn't speak actually, but okay. I mean, but I just yeah. want to know. Get back to us. Yeah, let me that. let me think about it for a while. All right, welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden, and I'm George Wolf. We are from MadWolf.com, and uh, fun one today. Special guests. We'll get to them. Bring them in here a little bit. And uh, as you might, as you could probably tell from the song, growing up. We're talking about coming-of-age horror, right? Right, which is like 90% of all horror movies. So we really had to winnow it down. <laughs> yeah, and actually, we found out a, a lot of times, maybe even movies that we didn't think had the coming-of-age theme, you could find a way to oh, work it in there. Yeah. So I think you're right. So, so many of the horror movies uh, can have a sort of a coming-of-age vibe. But we've got the you five of the best, is. five of our favorites. Yes. Because coming-of-age is horrific. It is horrific. It is. You have all these, you know, these these wistful stories about, oh, the best time of your life. You know what? A lot of it sucked. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a lot of it can uh, spur some great horrific sort of horrific moments in horror movies. So we got some good ones, five of our favorites. But we got to do a little uh, bidness from last week. Boy, good times. Yes. Thanks to everybody who came out to the Gateway Film Center for our big devil feature, which was so cool. So that was, it was a hoot. Uh, yeah, Ben Wheatley-a-thon with High Rise, and before that, of course, Kill List. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had a lot of good feedback there live, of course. Talked to a lot of the Fright Clubbers that came out. And uh, one of the things, a movie that I, I guess I maybe forgot about, one the William Friedkin um, double feature. Of course, we had The Exorcist. We paired it with Killer Joe, which we loved. Love. But then Brandon reminded me of Sorcerer, which... I loved, loved, loved. I actually saw that in the theater when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about it, but it starred Roy Scheider, who I love from Jaws. So I made it a, a point to go see it. And man, that thing is tense. It's a remake of a 1933 French movie called The Wages of Fear. And uh, loved it. Anyway, so Brandon, thank you for that. And uh, next week, our buddy Stephen is going to be happy, right? Right. So, so Stephen has actually said to us before on Twitter, clowns are evil, burn them all. So <laughs> we're finally going to do our clown podcast next week. Just for you, buddy. <laughs> just for you the clowns they're coming for you so that should be fun uh but well fun for all of us except steven <laughs> but we hope you'll listen anyway but uh yeah we're getting to, to the coming of age horror uh five of our favorites with a little bit of a twist this week because we welcome in from the get it together podcast uh pete and david hey guys hey, hey how's it going? we're doing great and first of all we want to thank you for reaching out it's been i don't know a few weeks a couple of weeks uh, you reached out to us. We got to messaging back and forth and thought we'd just have a little fun, a little cross-promotion, as yeah, they say yeah, in the biz. <laughs> and uh, having you guest, uh, guest with us, then we'll do the same here uh, soon on yours. So really quickly, I think your podcast has a nice little uh, little differentiation, a little angle that you take. And tell us about it. Yeah, we try to, uh, we try to give it a little zing and uh, figure out where these movies sort of went wrong and where the characters could have improved their lives. <laughs> general advice and uh you know everybody's not listening to the the better heads that would prevail in these horror so i feel like we're just gonna lend a little common sense to them and we, we sort of try to leverage it on a kind of two dudes that don't really know much about much yeah sort of thing sort of kind of trying i'm with you to, i'm right there yeah. with you man <laughs> sort of uh lending itself to comedy yeah so basically it's like if you guys were just sitting there just things you'd yell at the screen about these, you know, these <laughs> yeah, dumb characters. Yeah, 
I love it. I love the title. Get it together. That's right, people. <laughs> Get it together, man. Yeah. Get on, it guys. together. So uh, we're going to talk when we join you guys in, uh, when are we doing that? A couple oh, weeks? Yeah. A couple weeks. We're going to okay. talk about Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. One so, of us. So excited. One of us loves that movie a lot. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> I love the end. I love the ending, oh, but uh, who doesn't? But I know, man, yeah. this this one especially fertile ground for telling people to get it together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's going to be fun. All right, so we look forward to that. But this week, you're with us, and you're helping us uh, do our thing. Uh, it's five of our favorite coming of age horror movies. We'll start with one. We've talked about this before. We like it for a lot of reasons, but certainly, certainly, this is all about the coming of age horror from 2000. It's Ginger Snaps. All it takes. Is one night and one bite. Let's get out of here. Ginger's changing. How do you feel? Wicked. They're just being normal teenage girls. Well, I personally found this movie to be completely fascinating because what is worse than uh, going through puberty, uh, possibly going through puberty as a werewolf, (laughs) 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 going through through your transformation and not only being boy crazy, but also uh, maybe wanting to wanting to nibble on them also. (laughs) Yeah. And this and this one, of course, has the extra angle of the metaphor of you know the curse the curse yeah. <laughs> all right i'll let you i'll let you talk about that i think i think one of the reasons that uh that coming of age horror is so uh, is so often female oriented is is because of the blood there is blood yeah. you know and uh, and it's interesting you know in this one uh, that they do they just equate uh the curse right with the curse of, of right. langenthrope but the other thing i think is interesting is that usually turning into a werewolf is is fairly strictly for for male characters and i love that instead of becoming a witch or becoming a, a vampire or something like that she does she becomes a werewolf which i think is great it's a great, it's a great yeah. twist yeah on, on what's traditional absolutely yeah i also feel like this might come up a few times but we were talking about this a little bit before that we think it's interesting that a lot of the male characters have already arrived at sort of adulthood status <laughs> and all the women are just going through these sort of like emotional states and changes in their bodies and everything but the men they're supposedly all fine except for the fact that they're victims to this to this crazy werewolf person they, they've got it together yeah <laughs> which is again i think a twist on what you generally see usually i think yeah. the male character is the one who you know usually it's the woman who's fully formed and sort of being ogled and, and, and it's just, I mean, the, this film really flips everything on its side, I think. And it's incredibly funny. It is oh, yeah. very funny. Well, and this one also, um, not only a, a coming of age horror, but this one made the list a few months ago when we talked about feminist horror movies. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Have you guys seen the uh, sequel? Uh, no, actually I have not. It has, you know, it has two, uh, and they're not as good as the original, but they're actually very clever, both of them. Uh, the one is an immediate, what immediately follows, uh, like the next day kind of a situation. And then the okay. third one goes back in time. Uh, and and, uh, and cool. it, it kind of, it's, it, actually, the third one reminds me a little bit of the film Ravenous. It's one of those, like, out in the, 
frontiers land and but but they're all really very clever and part of it is is the performances emily perkins and the great uh catherine isabel they're just they i think they're such a believable sister team where you know they're sort of clung together because everybody around them hates them like they're outcasts in their high school Mm -hmm. and so they're best of friends but being sisters they also kind of hate each other as well And, and i just think the two actresses really develop that very well they did a really great job of the sister dynamic i also like um the whole, how the dynamic was shifting throughout the movie, um, having one of them obviously going through her first period and, you know, coming, becoming this sort of monster. They stopped hanging out because they're completely attached to the hip in the beginning. And uh, they're obsessed with death. They do a lot of, like, really strange kind of macabre school projects. Angsty. Yeah, they're just typical angsty preteens. And then as uh, the one starts, uh, maturing, if you will, sort of starts to veer off from the other sister, and then the other sister is left to sort of pick up the pieces. Which I think is not uncommon, either in sisters or in best friends, when, you no, know, in no. high school, when one of them starts, you know, so an I and the boys, and then the other feels a little left behind. You know, the other movie that uh, that this film, that reminds me of this film, and I, and I like a lot, uh, along the same lines, is Jennifer's Body which I think is um, another is very similar in a lot of ways to this, except of course that uh, Jennifer is, is possessed, but, um, and it's another, it's incredibly funny. Yeah. Yeah, That that one I feel like sometimes doesn't get the love it deserves. uh, I think from a lot of people, that is a solid one. Jennifer's body. I think you're right. I think partly because people don't like Megan Fox, although she's great in this movie. But she also, is. I think a lot of people don't like Diablo Cody's writing. I love it. I do, too. Uh, I think anytime an Oscar winner wants to pen a horror film, I say yes, please. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that uh, <laughs> she's hilarious in this. Yeah, no kidding. So, number five, uh, Ginger Snaps from 2000, uh, as we start our list of coming-of-age horror. Moving it up to one that, uh, man, our favorites, at least for, for a while now, uh, both the original and the remake. But we'll do the Swedish original from 2008, Let the Right One In. Yeah, this one is so good for so many reasons, starting with if you just want to focus on the coming-of-age part of it, the friendship between the young vampire and the young boy. It just you take away the horror aspects of it. You've got a great story right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, you're sort of tugging at the heartstrings. This is, this is a horror movie with a lot of heart. Yeah, I love this one. The theme of, of acceptance, you know, for people's differences. There's like a vampire boy and you know a regular child and it's just you know you see that a lot more in youth but eventually i think people kind of grow out of that and shy away from it and i think this movie really said something about that yeah and they do a lot with um especially in the original they do a lot with the setting just the desolate cold yeah and uh and of course red blood against white snow is Uh, always good yeah but uh yeah the uh the relationship also which i think might I might like a little bit more in in the American remake. Let me in is the relationship between the older caretaker and the young vampire. How he's you know the young boy is probably going to replace him, you know, as he's moving on. And how he reacts to that, I think, is fascinating. Well, in the remake, it's Richard Jenkins who's just a magnificent actor, right, no yeah, matter what. Yeah. And and I think you're right. I think that 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 dynamic is maybe a little stronger. But I I think the for me the relationship between the the children is stronger in the original. And part of it I think is because of the androgynous nature of the vampire in the original, which they kind of dropped mm-hmm. in the sequel. So um, I just think it adds a, a, an interesting layer where uh, Oscar has is sweet on the the little vampire played by Leanne Anderson. 
but um, but her feelings aren't necessarily reciprocal because not only is she a vampire, not a human, she's not actually even female. Right. Yeah, and there's that's an area we've talked about this before. That's an area that was explained in great detail in the book. Uh, not so much so in um, either movie, really. Not at least not in the detail of the book. Right. About her, the um, history of her um, androgyny, so to speak. Right. But the, yeah, there's the, the the pivotal scene where she, you know, asks him, "Would you still like me, you know, if I wasn't a girl?" Right. Uh, which is, you know, leaves yes. multiple layers actually, multiple because she's layers. not a girl because she's not a human either. <laughs> <laughs> she's from other worlds. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's one, um, you know, I, I'm a, a big fan of the, the remake as well. Right. And, and one that I was just, I was really surprised didn't do any better than it did because I just thought it had everything going for it. It was even, it's actually bloodier. It is. Than, you know, there's more carnage than the original. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, audiences just, just didn't uh, didn't go for it. I, I'm I'm constantly amazed by that. But what do I know? There is actually another vampire movie that I wanted to just mention because I kind of had it on the list for a while. Then I remembered uh, this one. So I dropped it. But Stakeland, I think, is kind of an underseen and definitely a coming of age film. And it's also because most of the ones we're going to talk about today are kind of focused on a female. And Stakeland is the coming of age of this this boy who uh, who is kind of taken under the wing of a, a vampire killer named Mr. And, and you just watch him. Um, you know, grow up in this sort of post-apocalyptic vampire, you know, scenario, and um, and it's you know, it's it's a flawed film, but it's definitely worth watching. You know, sort of just quickly to rip off of that, another one. Uh, I believe it's an Iranian film. Uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Another That's another desolate post-apocalyptic <laughs> vampire art film. Oh man, what a great film! Yeah, you know, I think when we do our podcast about our favorite skateboarding vampire horror movie <laughs> that is go. number one <laughs> no i we, we love that that one was we had that on our fright club film series here not too long yeah, ago. yeah just a couple months back and i got to see it on the big screen again and just reminded us how much we love that movie. oh it's, and it's just gorgeous black yes. and white it's so hypnotic the way yeah. it's been filmed yeah. i love that mm-hmm. love that yeah good call good call so um number number four let the right one in on our list of favorite coming-of-age horror movies. And um, for the next one, one of the all-time classics. We've talked about it several times uh, with good reason. 1976, it's Carrie. Carrie White. The girl no one likes. The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. Show her. If she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie. You know, my favorite part about this film, Carrie, um, is John Travolta. Uh, (laughs) I I think he he literally coined the the get her done. Um, that uh, with the cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's funny. Not only uh, John Travolta, but um, N- Nancy Allen and uh, Piper Laurie. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, apparently, all three of them, when they just read their parts, they read the script. They thought it was going to be a comedy, like a parody of, <laughs> of, of horror movies, because their characters were so over the top. Right. Uh, John Travolta, which was no, this was not his debut. It was no, Devil's Rain. Devil's Rain, debut. yeah. But one of the 
it was just when he was starting to get big on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. So uh, the two of them, uh, you guys would have plenty to say about their characters and their actions. They're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like the fumbling, bumbling, town idiot sort of kind of tracing across, just causing mischief and a fall <laughs> With their blow-dried hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking slick. If we were going to do this on yours and talk about the characters... Who would you talk about, George? I'm so curious. Would it be PJ yeah. Souls? Would it be? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> First of all, why are you wearing that hat? <laughs> you have to let it go. <laughs> you know, longtime Fright Club listeners will go, is he on this again? <laughs> I have a real problem. As I've said many times, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. <laughs> but man, that character, I just want to strangle her. But again, it's another film that, that I mean, the, the whole sort of underlying current is just this hysteria about oncoming womanhood. You know, um, Well, in the shower scene. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I just want to point something yeah. out to everybody. Brian De Palma has clearly never actually been in a girl's locker room. And that's good. That he hasn't been, but this is just a scene from his dirty, dirty mind because there is yeah. nothing like this ever has ever happened in a girl's locker room. Yeah. Just FYI. But, you know, so she gets her first period. And then uh, at the same time, of course, she she kind of embraces her psychic power. And and of course, the, the tension at home is based specifically on her mother's just absolute hysteria over, wow. you know, the sexuality um, aspect of her of her daughter just just in natural course of, of growing up. So the all of the. The, you know, the underlying horror in here is just is just sort of societal fear of, mm-hmm. of you know, female, well, of womanhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, just societal hysteria, for sure. <laughs> and another character I love is uh, <laughs> Betty Buckley's uh, teacher, chain-smoking teacher who just slaps the <laughs> shit out of her. <laughs> uh, keeps yeah, calling. don't see enough of those anymore. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The peripheral characters in this. Are just great. They are in a in a really train wreck sort of way, <laughs> but that is totally um, you know almost polar opposite to the great performances of Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie. They're both, both Oscar nominated. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was fascinating that Sissy Spacek has said that she, for her performance, she studied the um, body movements of people who have who in history have been stoned stoned to death. Wow, the way they herky during kind of moves. So every time. That, that her character was taken with the the power. Mm. She kind of got that way. Nice. You know? But uh, yeah, there's those two great performances with, you know, surrounded by these just nut jobs. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's such a classic and so many, this one is pretty overt about the, the coming of age. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. But, uh, and another one that you had kind of in the same realm of Carrie that maybe not many people have seen is When Animals Dream. Yes. Um, it's a Danish film and it's also absolutely about coming of age. I mean, there's no, there's no, and it, and it also, you could, it, it kind of mirrors Ginger Snaps in that as this girl matures, um, sort of the family curse blossoms, uh, the women in her family become werewolves basically as they, as they hit puberty. And, um, and it's really just about, you know, it, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely film about just being who you are and and uh, not being forced to be less than what you are and accepting yourself and and you know finding yourself beautiful regardless of the fact that you I guess eat villagers. But um, you know it's it's really yeah. It only it came out about two years ago. It's a Danish film though, so not wide release in the states. But it's a great movie and definitely worth looking up. What was the name of the movie? I don't believe I have. When, when animals dream. When animals dream. Oh, I actually haven't seen it. Yeah, that's one worth uh, worth checking out, and that is uh, part of number three, Carrie, 
on the list of coming-of-age horror, and we get, to, for the top two, we get a lot more recent. Uh, this one just from last year, 2015, It Follows. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I love it. I love, love this movie so much. <laughs> love. I love all the things, everything about this movie. I love the way that it opens with this big, very John Carpenter, uh, you know, suburban, beautiful scene. And I yeah. love that just all of the sudden that shock of violence that, you know, uh, and then and then the way that the story unfolds after it. I think the performances are amazing. Um, and I think one of the reasons it works as well as it does um, is because David Robert Mitchell, the writer-director, approached it not like a horror film exactly in the way the performances are laid out, but like an indie drama. Mm-hmm. But it's so clear that he has like an encyclopedic knowledge of horror movies because there are so many scenes that he he kind of lifts from from John Carpenter or from The Ring or from, I mean, just a ton of, of movies. But of course, the, you know, the thing that, that at the time was very novel about this, basically the STD of horror movies, you know. Uh, so, but what I think fascinating about that as well is that there are so many horror horror films, slashers in particular, where sort of the underlying messages, you know, don't have sex. And and, and he does the same thing. He says the same thing, but he says it in so much more of a fascinating and empathetic way. In a more personal way at that. Uh, Yeah, sure. This film, to me, was was mind-blowing. I mean, talk about, talk about, uh, obviously we're paying homage to all the great. And John, I'm glad you mentioned John McCarthy. I mean, I mean, it's the shot, the musical score, the musical score. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On. yeah. I mean that was brilliant. Um, the pacing of the film, I mean, it really draws you in. You are in it and it is creepy. It really is. And um, one of the things we love about it and one of the things that makes it so effective is that it brings the audience in. You you are looking many times you are seeing the it before the characters do and it's such these shots are wide and you're just you get wide-eyed and you're scanning the horizon for oh is it that is it who who is it is it him is it her and you're, you're you're part of it and i also just love the revolving images i love that the the thing changes almost every time oh, that yeah. they shoot it so that you just get like well, I mean, what an imagination he has. You just, you got that like seven foot tall guy and then you've got the woman who's wetter pants and then you got the naked guy on the roof. It's like, it just changes what it looks like every time for no reason that they explain in the film, which I also just love. Yeah. It's letting you know that, you know, tall, short, skinny, fat, you can get STDs from anywhere. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. Yeah. The opening sequence is, is so Halloween. Um, oh, yeah. which is great. And we mentioned the score uh, done by Disaster Piece, which I, I'm not familiar with them. I guess they did um, video game scores. Oh, that's okay. that's yeah. what put them on uh, Mitchell's radar for doing this. But yeah, such a great score. And uh, and all just the little touches making it, uh, you can't pin down a time frame. I love that. I do too. You know, you have no idea. They're, they're, the, the, the TV, the movies, they're all old, but yet they've got these sort of Blackberry devices. So, you're not really sure just what what setting you're in, and there's a bunch of little metaphors, especially to uh, coming of age and the, the the troubles of growing up. You've got the the blades of grass lining up against skin, like cutting. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got the pills laid out on on a on a tray with food, you know, for for drugs. Just 
all those little touches. Yeah. You know, as well as the homages to the to the classic horror films that make it Absolutely. so well put together. It's incredibly well crafted. It really was. What a refreshing, refreshing film. Yeah, and it's one that anytime, you know, we'll talk about this with the next movie as well. Anytime a, a horror movie comes on the scene and gets so much hype, uh, then you get that crowd, you get the poo-pooers, which, you know, is... Of course. It, yeah. yeah, it's 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 going to happen. It is. Nothing, yeah. nothing happened. Not scary. Well, <laughs> okay. You know, you can't really tell somebody to be scared by something if they're really not. <laughs> but, you know, for me, type movies like this and the next one uh, work so much more on a, you know, on a, a, a subconscious and a, a intellectual level. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this one, as far as what you guys do, how, how about the, the characters' actions? Do, do they get times where you go, oh, come on now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, welcome to our world. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that pretty much, I'm trying to think of something uh, more specific in the film that happened. But generally speaking, um, make calculated decisions. Don't haphazardly dive into things. Um, I mean, that's the, I mean, a part of this is a little uh, difficult to answer because without, without, our critique, the film just didn't happen, wouldn't happen to begin with. Let's just say there were some poor impulse control. There were some poor impulse control. Well, that's teenagers for you, right? Yeah. There you go. Not on those Yeah, so it follows just from last year. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Number two on our list of coming-of-age horror. And number one, we just can't quit talking about this movie. In fact, we broke our rule. Well, it wasn't a rule, but we hardly ever buy movies. Buy Blu-rays, buy DVDs, <laughs> but uh, we did just this past yes, Tuesday we did. Uh, because uh, we love the witch. This wilderness will not consume us. Who's there? You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. <laughs> she plays a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. Your reign of evil. It's not safe. Not with them. Think all my sins. Man, I'm. I've got to say, um, there, there. My top three is very similar to your top three, but I would say that which is right there. I'm so glad you guys picked this film. This is a film, I know we were talking a lot about a film that draws you in, with the ambiance and the shots and the, and the music and just everything. This film really hit the nail on the head. I mean, talk about an intense film. Um, you're really drawn into the folklore of it. Oh, very much so. It, it's so, um, it, if nothing else, it's just authentic. Uh, it oh, has yeah. it just reeks of authenticity. Yeah, it not does. not only the dialogue, but just everything about it just is incredibly authentic. And he, you know, in, in reading up on um, the movie and the director um, and the writer, he just went to great, incredible pains to make it that way. And you can tell is Robert Eggers, and he was a you know he was a set designer, he was a, a, a set decorator, he did lighting, he did cinematography, he did costume, he did all kinds of things in films, uh, feature and short before he did this, and you can just see that in every frame. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and not to sound American, but I will say that because of the, the accent, because of this English accent, I mean, you're, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's borderline Irish to me, but <laughs> um, 
I mean, you're really drawn in. I mean, talk about a film that you can't just casually eat a bowl of cereal right. and watch. I mean, right. you really have to be engaged in this film. Yeah, you're being transported to New England. We New England. <laughs> yeah, it was new. Yeah, and this is one, we actually did an entire, the only podcast we've done, I think, where we didn't do a countdown of five movies. We, we pretty much just dedicated one podcast to talking about this movie. Um, because, and we, we invited on a, a friend of ours who's a, who's, uh, he's a hater. He's uh, a hater. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care for the film and, uh, likes to troll us on the internet in, in a, you know, in a, in a fun way, but he just, it doesn't work for him. And I know those people are out there. They definitely are. It's just, just as with it follows, you just got that camp that just doesn't understand the love for this movie. Well, I think actually it's two. So the the film was such a huge festival hit that a lot of people who do not like horror films went to see it because it has such uh had such great buzz. And I think they were expecting it to turn out to be like the crucible or something that, you know, it's it's maybe more metaphorical when it is in fact a horror film, right? right. From that uh uh The baby. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there are other people who, you know, big horror fanatics went thinking that it was going to be more overtly terrifying. Although, you know, for me, uh, you know, it was so unsettling. It was such a voyeuristic experience. Mm-hmm. Oh and, and, you know, and in the end, and this is what was most unsettling for me, is that I recall hoping the goat would talk. And then thinking to myself, no, 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 you should hope the goat can't talk. But I, I just kept thinking, what else is she going to do? You know, and, and that's an incredible position that, that the director put the audience in, that we are actually hoping Satan is going to claim this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my gosh. When you hear Black Philip as he were, um, speaking, uh, I think speaking to Thomas in the, uh, in the little shed, Oh my gosh! You couldn't. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the feet. I saw this in theaters. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could you could hear a pin drop. I mean, that that gravelly, low, demonic voice. Oh my gosh! Is it wrong um, that I love him? Is that wrong? <laughs> so right. Black F. Philip. <laughs> yeah, but it works. There's, there's so many. You know, we included it here because obviously it has incredible uh, coming of age uh, themes. It also has. One of the themes, and I got into this with somebody on the internet. Um, one of the themes for me was radicalization. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I saw that. How it t- mm-hmm. talked about how someone can be pulled into a radical agenda. In this case, you know, Black Philip and and Satan. But uh, that's one of the the layers of it for me. Well, and then there's another, I think, because I just I used it. Uh, I reviewed the film Belladonna of Sadness, which is an animated film from 1973 that was re-released this week because of a restoration. And, and it's about a woman who uh, in medieval times eventually chooses Satan because of the incredibly res- incredible restrictions and oppressive nature of the, the Catholic or or Christian church of the time for women. And and this is really in a lot of ways, the same thing. She doesn't have the options that are left for her are basically non-existent. And so she sees this as, you know, a buttery life. Right. And I mean, and, and sort of as the story goes, she can take this step in her life and, and finally be freed, <laughs> finally be liberated. Right. And live deliciously. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you can see that it's tied into the time periods, maybe, fears of a woman's power oh absolutely uh woman's sexuality yeah. and you can see that early on when um the brother sneaks a couple of looks at his sister mm-hmm. you know that just gets yeah. you know sets the tone for uh you know because they're out there they've left their their town and they're alone this is all we got 
You know what, though? I really love the way that's handled because it it's it just seems realistic as opposed to. He, I mean, he, he's great. That that little boy. He's a great character. Oh, and yeah. oh, my God, that's a great performance. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Scrimshaw, I think, is his name. Nice. What? What a performance. But I mean, you're, you're not asked to to hate him. You're not, you know what I mean? Not, you're not right. really asked to find him creepy, right. but like, you're right. They're completely isolated and, and he is also coming of age. And it's, it's just, I think a realistic and I think, and I think very empathetic uh, portrayal. You know, another part I, worth mentioning, and this is a very, very kind of random part in the movie. When uh, one of the twins, I think it was the, uh, the twin girl. She's Mercy. About, yeah. Jonas and Mercy. <laughs> Mercy. She's talking about, about her sister being a witch and so on and so forth. And she, it's when they're down by that little yeah. quarry. Yeah, yeah. She uses that the word uh, clickety-clackety. Something, something percussive about the way she says that is so frightening to me. Well, <laughs> and, and the way that they skip hand in hand. That, that, oh, was, yeah. that was just weird yeah. to me, too. Like, uh... oh, yeah. And their little their little jingle about about uh, Black, Black Philip was yeah. super scary. But uh, again, anybody who listens very often, we love us some creepy twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. But it's uh, yeah, there's there's just so much. It's, this is a movie that you, know, you can talk about forever and dissect. I mean, starting starting right away. I mean, people that I've talked to about this movie, they want to know why were they cast out? Well, I think that was left for a reason. Yeah, we don't yeah. Want, you know, you're yeah. not going to tell you specifically why. Yeah, you know, and one of the other very, to, to me, really authentic coming-of-age sort of elements is her relationship with her dad, but then more importantly to me, her relationship with her mom and mm-hmm. and how, you know, as she as she sort of hits adulthood, her, her relationship with her mother changes, but she doesn't necessarily want it to change. So there's a scene toward the end where it's just, it's so sad. It's yeah. so sad um, how that relationship is resolved. Um, and, and I think that really speaks to to a realistic, you know, likely riff between an adolescent girl and her mother. I mean, hopefully it never goes that far, but, you know, yeah. metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's one where you definitely want. I cannot wait to see, you know, future projects from this guy. Oh, Robert right. Eggers, because yeah, uh, excited too, and, huh? and to watch the Blu-ray with subtitles just to make sure we catch everything. <laughs> <laughs> and all the extras. Yeah. So. Uh, Boy, number one on our uh, coming-of-age horror and number one on a lot of our lists. We just love it so much. Uh, the Witch from earlier this year, out on Blu-ray now. So you can grab it uh, if you, you haven't seen it. Uh, but if you can still check it out on uh, on the big screen, by all means. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. I'll do that. We'll have to. Maybe we can score that for a future uh, Bright Club Live. Maybe so. It would be great. Anyway, all right. So um, David and Pete from Get It Together, um, the podcast. Uh, where can uh, people find you? Hit, and hit up your uh, links. Uh, follow us on Twitter at GIT Podcast. Like our Facebook page, Get It Together on Facebook. Go to firstdaypodcast.com to catch any of the First Day Productions podcasts that we do. You can email us at getittogetherpod at gmail.com. And just subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And that would be much appreciated, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the best you can do. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe me, we're not above, above begging for a, a good rating on <laughs> iTunes at all. So, yeah, so uh, keep the conversation going with us as well. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F on, uh, on Twitter, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. And uh, we've got our next, well, we don't have the details yet for our next Fright Club Live. It's coming in June, 
It is. It'll yep. be the second Wednesday in June, but we're having some trouble getting the film that I want to show. All and right. it's actually been the case for as long as we've been doing this series. But is we're holding out hope. We are holding out hope because, God, I love this movie. So I'm not going to say what it is in case we can't get it. And I have to substitute <laughs> it, pretend I'm just as excited. But it rhymes with the schwoman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. And we are looking forward to, uh, is it next week? A couple of weeks? Uh, we're going to guest on Get It Together. We're going to talk about Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, it should be Can't fun. Wait. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm going to practice making that face. Uh, it's radio. It doesn't really matter. Uh, well, I'll make it anyway okay. to get into character. <laughs> uh, and uh, what do we got coming up here next week? Clowns. Clowns, that's right, Steve. Take note. We're going to talk about clowns. All right. So, uh, again, hit us up uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, the whole bit. Uh, David and Pete, Get It Together is the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Hey, thank hey, you thanks for having us. Yeah. We appreciate it. It has been a blast. Appreciate your input and, uh, as well. And uh, until next week. I'm Hope Madden. I'm, I'm George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay rightful, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was bye-bye, New Jersey. We were in.